Hello, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Chronicles podcast, where I interview a virtual CISO about their work and life. I'm your host, Caroline McCaffrey. I'm one of the co-founders of ClearOps, which provides software to virtual CISOs that helps them grow and scale their businesses. As experts in this field, we have met hundreds of security consultants, and we keep our fingers on the pulse of the industry. My background is in law with a focus on data privacy and cybersecurity, but I also have a long career working with startups. In fact, my parents had their own business, which is why I love learning about how people build their businesses. So I started this podcast to feature interesting people in cybersecurity to talk about their passions, entrepreneurship, and business. If you don't know what a virtual chief information security officer is, then these professionals are security experts who offer consulting services to companies. Sometimes they are referred to as fractional CISOs. Our guest today is Deborah Baker, and I'm so excited to have her and talk to her today. So Deborah, thank you for joining me and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So let's get started. Please tell me a little bit about yourself and include something that's not security related. Okay. Well, in one of my most recent roles, I was actually, um, I was a CISO of Red Seal, which was really awesome. And they were moving, they have a traditional um, risk management product. They were moving it into the cloud as a SaaS service. So I was there, was able to make inputs in, you know, security, um, and, you know, add my security expertise into the product while I was there and also get it SOC 2 certified. And during this process, I ended up getting promoted and becoming the CISO, which was like amazing. I loved it. And I was able to um, build out the security program, which is one thing that I'm very passionate about cybersecurity. And then one thing that's not cybersecurity oriented is that I love to garden. So that's kind of my, in being the winter time right now, can't do much, but, you know, <laughs> come spring, I'll be out, you know, <laughs> in my garden making things grow. So <laughs> are you a flowers or a vegetables type of person? More flowers, but I do have a vegetable garden too. So awesome. That's, that's very cool. So. Now, when I go on your LinkedIn profile, you say 30 years of experience. So I'm not going to, you know, I had, I had another podcast where I was talking to the virtual CISO and he was like, you're making me sound old. So I'm not, not trying to do that, but let's talk a little bit more about your, your experience even before uh, Red Seal. Tell us, you know, how you got started in this industry. Right. So I actually um, got started in IT in the nineties, in the early nineties. And it was kind of it was kind of one of these funny stories because in high school, you know, I took some programming classes and I was like, oh, gosh, this is just not for me. And I ended up going I, I actually got a business degree in, in finance and graduated during a recession. And I ended up. I mean, I worked at a bank. I worked as like a mutual funds broker. I did something, you know, early. I don't even have it on my resume. But, you know, it wasn't really what I wanted. A little, little too slow paced. Hmm. And I ended up, amazingly, I went into the Air Force, which it was something I never thought I would do. My brother was in the Navy and he encouraged me to go into the Air Force. 
And they said, you will be good in computers, which I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but actually they were right. <laughs> and, and it turns out one of the big things about being in computers is you don't have to be a programmer. And I had this, you know, in high school, I thought, oh, I go into computers, I have to be a programmer. And that's something that's not true. And so that's one thing that I really try to let people know that are trying to get into cybersecurity or into tech. You don't have to be a programmer. So I, um, coming out of the Air Force, now in the Air Force, they were transitioning from like mainframes. Actually, we were actually building out the network. And while I was um, in there, I did get exposed to some information security because it wasn't even called cybersecurity back then. So I did like, you know, like my first pen test, which this this was kind of funny. I was actually at a training course for um, the Air Force, and it was kind of a mix between IT and security. But they said, oh, you know run this pen test program. You can run it on your base against your base. Okay. I do not recommend this. Do not do this. Okay. (laughs) I mean, luckily everybody there, they, you know, I was really well thought of. I didn't get in trouble or anything, but um, they, they told me, they said they were freaking out. You know, they were like, what is happening? Oh my gosh. It was this program called Satan. I mean, this is way back. So I came, so I came out of the Air Force, got a job with IBM, and I was like a DNS administrator. And then for my, um, like I worked closely with the firewall team and other, you know, networking um, experts, you know, so I really got a great, well-rounded networking and information technology. And um during this time, IT was just like the hottest, you know, thing. This was the buildup, the, you know, are, is yeah. the web going to be used for business and everything? And a coworker said, hey, do you want to go to this job fair? And I was just, you know, I was ecstatic that I was working at IBM. And we went to this job fair and this company that was a PKI software development company, they offered me a job like on the spot almost double my salary. Wow. wow. And they said, we are going to give you like in-depth security encryption, um, you know, X.509 certificates, all of this training. And, you know, and I just, I, I just went for it. So that's how I got early on. I got into the InfoSec space. Okay. And I ended up uh, moving into compliance, just because for what what I was doing um, with Intrust Technologies is I went out and I would actually set up the backend infrastructure for the public key infrastructure and working with customers, whatever they wanted. But I was also like traveling every week. I was in a different city. And so, you know, I was after about two and a half years, I was like, okay, you know, I kind of want to take a break from all this travel. And um, they moved me into more of a compliance role. And and I was, you know, I've been some, you know, somehow in compliance ever, ever since. And then I um, basically 
at Red Seal, I, um, when I got the job with Red Seal, I was a technical program manager and I was actually overseeing the deployment of Red Seal, which is this risk management mm-hmm. um, networking product with customers. And I was working with basically helping them build their security programs. And you end up working with IT, security, compliance. Yeah. And it got me more into the like cybersecurity space, but okay. really filled in those gaps because I was wanting to get more you know, on my own, I was kind of keeping up with the, with the latest threats and, and how to defend and things like that. But it, you know, it really got me like expanded my knowledge quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was just amazing when I was able to move into the CISO role there. So I want to explore a little bit about what your definition is for the term compliance. Cause you said you you started going a little bit more into the compliance side and I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, what, what distinguishes that from being a network engineer and an IT person and then going into compliance? So what do, what do you mean by that? Okay. So, yeah. So for me, what I ended up doing, the first thing that I did is I was a common criteria evaluator at a common criteria lab mm-hmm. and common criteria. It's a product security certification and the the federal government requires it in order to buy like IT security products but the the thing about common criteria is it's international and once your product is certified under one scheme so for example in the United States and it would be under NIAP then all the other countries which includes like all of the, the NATO countries will also accept that certification. So then you can sell not only to the US federal government, then you can sell, you know, for example, to Canada, France, Turkey, you know, all these different um, countries. Mm -hmm. So I started out as an evaluator, really focusing in on the security of the product. We do pen testing. You you have to do like an architecture of the product. Look at all of the um, external interfaces, what weaknesses, um, there's, there's, there's a lot to it. It's more than just pen testing the product. Sure. And so as an example, I ended up moving over to the vendor side and Cisco has like a whole team of people. They have like 15 people that are working on common criteria to get their product. So then I was actually over product lines, making sure that, you know, working early on with the developers, telling them what changes that they need to make. So being able to take these complex controls and just, you know, explain it in a simple way to the developers, oh, this is a change you need to make in order to meet this. And there I worked on an automated test bed. And um, one of the things I'm really good at is strategy and streamlining processes. Mm So, um, and these are just strengths that I have. So one of the things is I came up with a, within the first six weeks of me being at Cisco with a questionnaire that instead of spending like, sorry about this. I'm so sorry. No worries. worries. Um, Yeah. So instead of spending like, you know, eight hours in gap analysis calls with the developers, 
um, I came up with a smart form. I worked with another guy on the team and where we could just send this questionnaire over and it was kind of a self-attestment and the developers could just go through it and, and sort of see where they met. And then we would just have a, like a one hour follow on call. So hmm. that was one of the things. Now, one of the things about common criteria is it's so specific. There's only like 300 people in the world that have experience that you kind of get stuck in that space. And okay. what you're doing actually applies to a lot of different things, you know, product security, um, code security, just information security, compliance. So I wanted to break out of that space. I wanted to get more into the cybersecurity field and also with, with cloud, common mm -hmm. criteria is for products, not for cloud. So in the cloud, your certification okay. is SOC 2 right. for commercial and FedRAMP for the federal government. So yeah. anyway, so that's where I really wanted to, you know, so I left Cisco and was able with, um, you know, getting the job with Red Seal and everything to really get more into that uh, cybersecurity space. And then, you know, now also SOC 2 and um, broader compliance, you know, building security programs. And so you launched your own virtual CISO consulting firm, Trusted CISO, I believe it's called, um, yes. about three or three months ago. Yeah. But tell us <laughs> yes. about that. Tell us about the journey of going to, you know, now building your own business. Right. Well, I, you know, I love, um, like I said, I am passionate about cybersecurity, love building security programs. That was something that I was just so excited about when I was at Red Seal. And, and so being able to help other um, companies do this, you know, mm -hmm. I'm excited about to be able to do it. I also see the VCSO as just this market exploding because there are not, there aren't enough people to be CISOs. And a lot of companies aren't really ready for an actual CISO too. Yep. And so the VCSO is so great because you can spend, you know, just a certain, you know, or like you said, fractional CISO, certain amount of hours with each customer. And they're also, they're getting, you could even, um, they could even have a CISO and you could be coaching them. But you're getting yep. to see, you know, so many different security programs and give them, you know, new ideas, you know, outside of probably what they're already thinking about. A lot of times customers, you know, in their particular companies, they have a certain way of thinking about things and stuff like that. And they, you know, they don't think about just different, different things that you might coming in from the outside. Right. Right. Yeah. Actually, I, I, um, I have a theory that virtual CISOs are going to kind of go the way of a law firm and specifically I think instead of selling yourself as um you know part-time cybersecurity help and uh, some sort of cost savings in that more thinking about the fact that you're selling expertise and market perspective so you know an internal CISO has to be focused on that specific business but you as the as someone with the level of expertise you have you also get the benefit of seeing across companies um, and that's something that is very, very valuable to in-house security professionals, just like lawyers. What's what, when we're like a general counsel, we work with outside counsel all the time because they have this expertise in certain areas 
and they're perfecting that all the time. And they also have that market perspective. So it's just a theory that I have. <laughs> um, but back to you. Okay. So you launched the business three months ago. Maybe this is an unfair question, but I ask it of everybody. What's the hardest part about starting your own cybersecurity consulting business? Um, getting, getting, getting the word out, you know, getting clients. I mean, if I had, um, you know, come from Ernest and Young or PwC, where I think where I was working with a bunch of different customers, it would be a little bit easier, but just letting people know, Hey, that I'm out here, I'm available. What I've noticed is a lot of companies, they need help like with their security programs or SOC 2 or ISO 27001. They don't even know what a VCSO is. They're like, what's yeah. that? Yep. You know, actually my first client, that's what they were saying. They were like, oh, you know, they had found my website and and they reached out to me and they didn't even know because I, I explained it on the website, you know, what it is. Right. So, yeah. A lot of times it's, it's, I guess it's like Steve Jobs saying they don't even know what they need. <laughs> I mean, the customer. <laughs> that's right. I mean, and I love the name Trusted CISO. I think that's a really great name. How did you come up with that? I... I honestly, it just like, it just like kind of came to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, this sounds good. I'm just going to go with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing it was available. I think it's, it, it's great because it's like VC, so trusted VC. So I, I think it, it's, it's. Yeah. Really yeah. Great. I lucked out that the domain and it, that was one of the things, of course, right. Let me go check the domain. And um, I really, I lucked out. It was available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It and the Twitter. I was like, okay, this yeah. is good. I mean, those things are very, it's, it's, you, a lot of people don't think about it, but when you're starting a business, sometimes the hardest decision is the name. And then you might come up with a name and then someone else has it. And then you're like, well, that, but now I've put all this emotional you know, right, sort of topic right. to this name and someone else has it and I have to go figure out something else. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're, I, I think we're coming at, coming close here about 20 minutes in, but I do want to, I have a couple more questions for you. Any industry industry trends that you're seeing for 2023? Um, I would say, you know, ran, ransomware is still a problem and just increasing. So that that's not going away. So definitely every company needs to have a plan and they need to make sure that they have you know, the ransomware protections in place. Uh, and then just, you know, moving, I mean, still companies are still moving to the cloud. I mean, there's a lot of companies in the cloud, but um, there's still, there's a lot that are still in the process. So I would say more, you know, more people going to the cloud and just under, and then, you know, understanding what they need to do to secure the cloud. Because right, that's right. that can be really confusing too. I yeah. um, had one. I was at a conference and I had another CISO tell me that, well, I don't have I don't have a network anymore. I have everything in the cloud, so I don't need to map my network and and understand it. And that really scared me because there really is a network and there's applications and there's and there's you know, a lot, <laughs> there's all these risks in the cloud that there are, whether, you know, whether you're on-prem in the, in the old style data center. And so I think there's, there's really, you know, there's a lot of 
um, misunderstanding about the cloud shared responsibility. And, um, you know, you're a lot of the customers are thinking, oh, the cloud provider is is securing my data and this, that and the other. And that's not necessarily the case. And so, um, yeah, so there's still a lot of understanding, you know, in securing the cloud and also protecting from ransomware, which isn't going away because they're making so much money off of it. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. You reminded me of um, NYI, which is a, a colo uh, facility. They have a sticker, I think, that says something like the cloud is just somebody else's server, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which I, I always, I find hilarious. Um, I love that. Um, okay. So in the spirit of paying it forward, is there any virtual CISO that, that you know that you would recommend that I should interview for this podcast? Yes, no question. Laura Lothan. And she's with Angel Security. She's amazing. Um, she used to be the CISO. Oh, I'm trying to remember the company. But um, <laughs> it's like, it'll come to me. But <laughs> no she's worries. a VC. I will find her. <laughs> yeah, she's a VC. So now her company, I know her VC. So company is called Angel Security. And she's in the UK. Okay. But yeah, totally amazing and got to talk to her. Sephora. She was a CISO at Sephora. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I mean, definitely something I'm interested in. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Deborah, thank you so much for your time today. Can you please let listeners know how they can find you? Um, Yes, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me at trustedciso.com. That's my website. I also have a YouTube channel now, Trusted CISO, and I'm at Deb underscore Infosec, Infosec um, on Twitter. Twitter, sorry, Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. No worries. I mean, you're definitely doing a lot in marketing and I appreciate it so much. I'm so glad that we're now connected on LinkedIn because I love seeing all your content. Thank and to everyone who's listening, I want to thank you for joining us today. You can find all of our blogs and this podcast on our Substack at the Security Expert Marketplace. So Deborah, thanks again. Thank you.